0: You are now listening to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators come to learn how to sell more of their online courses. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos.
1: Hello, everybody. Jono here from the Course Creator Community Podcast. I am super excited because we have a very special guest with us this week, someone that I've been following for years myself, both on uh, social media, and then I've heard him speak multiple times at at social media world. I've heard him speak three, maybe even four times now. So he knows a thing or two about uh, this space here. Let me tell you a little bit about this person. He's an absolute expert when it comes to helping people start, grow and scale their online business. If he's not doing a target run or watching The Real Housewives, you can find him teaching entrepreneurs how to grow their business by turning their Instagram followers into raving fans. He's the host of the online business show. He's the head of the Online Business Association. So without further ado, let me introduce all the way from North Carolina, the one and only Mr. Tyler McCall. Tyler, how are you?
0: I'm good. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad we get to do this.
1: No, I'm super excited. I've been wanting to do this for about three, four years now. So thank you. Of course. Uh, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one for us?
0: I do. And I actually have the mantra of all mantras. It's actually uh, one of the like the foundational mantras for how affirmations came to be. Um, it's this French method. I can't say it in French. I grew up in the South in the US. So if you, if you can't, my accent will come out from time to time. So my French isn't that great, but it's the uh, phrase every day in every way I'm getting better and better. And I say that to myself every morning when I first thing, when I wake up, I say that to myself when I'm laying in bed at night before my eyes close to go to sleep when I finally pry the phone out of my hands and stop watching TikToks. Um, and it's just this phrase that I have. It's, and if you Google that phrase, if you are not familiar with it, Google it. Google that methodology. Uh, it's a way of subconsciously programming your psyche to create um, really fabulous realities for you. So I say it all the time.
1: Yes. Love that. Let me just make sure I, I got that there and I'll repeat it for the listeners. Every day and every way, I'm getting better and better. Is that what it was? Yes. Yeah, that's it. Wow. Yeah. Love that. I, uh, yeah. I'm definitely, i definitely, I'm i going to get more of that in my life. I've sort of done that bits and pieces. You know, I've heard it here and there. You go to a Tony Robbins convention and you hear it, and you do it for a week and then you, you know, me <laughs> anyway, I forget sure. for about six months. But yeah, every time I hear that, I'm like, you know what? That is just so good. And Even just a personal side of things, you know, it's like, okay, even if I'm not um, exactly where I want to be and I'm not going to get there tomorrow, hey, what can I do today to bring me closer yeah. to that goal? Whatever it may be, if I can get better in some little way, it's getting me closer. So totally, I love that there. Thanks for sharing. Now, Tyler, I've been following you for years. People watching this, listening to this, maybe they haven't. And this is probably a good question to start with anyway, because I believe just the last couple of months, you've, you've sort of transitioned. So do you want to yeah. tell us, Just start wherever you want to start and and tell us, what is it you actually do and how did you get into that?
0: Yeah, so these days I run an online community called the Online Business Association, um, which is brand new. It's something we just launched this year. And the Online Business Association is the first and only professional association for online business owners and digital entrepreneurs. So we're working to create a space where people who are selling their knowledge, their skills, their coaching, their products online can have access to a digital chamber of commerce to have access to community, coaching, content, resources that don't currently exist for a lot of online business owners to better understand Some of the ins and outs of running a business, like the finances, retirement, savings, investing, managing insurance, things like that, and providing access uh, for our members to have access to an emergency assistance fund that is funded by their membership and that we uh, fund as well as the association. So when something happens, the unspeakable happens, an emergency happens in your life, you can come to your colleagues in the association and get access to emergency funding. So those are just a few of the things that we do. And we're brand new. We launched this privately earlier this year in 2020. We invited a few folks in our community to join early on back at the beginning of the year. And then we were working all year to kick it off with our first online business summit, which we just wrapped up a few weeks ago. Welcome nearly 400 founding members into the online business association. So we're really excited about this new community. And our goal is to grow this to thousands of members over the next few years and create. This place where online business owners can go, where you can belong, you can get access to everything you need to start, grow, and scale your business. And you can do so affordably without always having to piece every strategy together through coaching and groups and courses and masterminds and things like that. Uh, but OBA is brand new. It's not been the thing I've done all this time. I actually got started in online business back in 2015 when I uh, started a side hustle while working my full-time nonprofit job. Before that, I was in the nonprofit world for about six years and also did a stint in political and community organizing, um, advocating for LGBTQ people here in the rural South and uh, the U.S. So that was my career for nearly a decade. That's what I did. And I was feeling pretty burnt out in the nonprofit world and started managing social media accounts for businesses on the side. I just used all my experience and knowledge. I'd always kind of been the young social media person in the room and just used all of that experience to start managing accounts for other people. And I left my full-time nonprofit job at the beginning of 2016 to start an agency with a business partner. And over the next couple of years, I grew that agency and then started growing a coaching business and consulting business on the side as well. And then in 2017, everything for me totally changed in my life and business. Um, My business was growing more quickly than ever before. I had a booming agency. I had a booming coaching business. I was doing consulting. I was doing all the right things and building my online business and My father became ill that summer and passed away really unexpectedly. And that totally changed the trajectory of my business because it required me to reevaluate my life. And I really had this moment of realization in the summer of 2017 when my father was in the hospital and I was out in the lobby uh, doing coaching calls and sales calls for my agency. And I just didn't want that life anymore. I didn't want that as my business anymore. So at the end of 2017, I launched a membership site called the follower to fan society inside of follower to fan. We have a signature course called the follower to fan framework. And I've been growing the follower to fan society since then. And inside follower to fan, we focus on using Instagram in a really intentional way to generate more leads and queries and sales for your online business. So for the past three years, that's been my thing. I've been known as the Instagram guy that's where uh, Jono and I met at the online at um, social media marketing world talking about Instagram marketing strategy I used Instagram stories really early on I'm a big proponent of using Instagram direct messages to sell your products programs and services without always needing fancy technology and sales pages and things like that and over the past three years we've been able to grow the follower to fan society to nearly uh, a million and a, a 1.5 million dollars in revenue in the past three years from that one product uh, and then we've been growing our business through affiliate revenue and a few other things as well but that's how I got here uh, as the Instagram guy and then yeah you're right this year's kind of been a year of pivots I launched my podcast the online business show back in the spring um, and we were ramped up to launch OBA anyway and then as you know the world completely changed about six months ago and it has felt like the perfect time to serve people in a different way so I'm really excited about what we're creating with OBA.
1: Yes, love it. So I'll just do a quick summary there. And then I I think we get into the online business side of things. But just to summarize, if you're watching on Facebook now, there's probably two things that, that Tyler mentioned there. If you're interested in the Online Business Association, just comment OBA down below in the comments section. And I'll go over and get that link to you. If you're listening on the podcast, I'll put that link in the show notes so you can go and check it out there. And I just want to say personally, I think it's an awesome idea. My background is in fitness. And the first thing you do when you finish your fitness qualifications in Australia is go and register with Fitness Australia for those exact yeah, yeah. reasons that, that you mentioned there, right? Whereas in the online business world, we don't necessarily have that. And, you know, you're in a Facebook group that may be hit and miss or maybe someone's trying to sell you their affiliate thing or, you know, yeah. you've you got to pay $20,000 just to learn the system in a coaching thing. And, hey, these things are all good. I'm not saying they're, they're bad, but an association helps as well. So I, I love yeah. that there. And also, Tyler mentioned that his um, his background is in Instagram. That's I've, I've used a lot of his strategies. I listen to all his talks. If you're interested in um, in that side of things, just comment Instagram down below, uh, and I'll get you over maybe Tyler's free group or, or some information on his course there as well. Um, now, moving forward, Tyler, what I think would be cool is if we speak about online business in general, I know you're the Instagram guy on this podcast, we've already had a, a couple people speak about Instagram. So I think the, the group, the podcast has got the, the basics there. Let's speak about online, uh, online business in general, but if we could tailor it more to, to the online course side of things, would that work with you? Totally. I love that. I love awesome. that topic. All right, cool. Let's start with, maybe we start with the, the starting off side of things. What are some of the things now that you, you run the association? We can, I guess, go a few different ways. If we can say maybe someone comes into your association as an online course person and you're like, oh, you know, before you started this, you should have gone bang, bang, bang. Maybe a couple tips there. Or maybe if someone's just starting off, maybe not something that they've, I guess, done wrong, but maybe some things they need to consider when starting off. What, what can you tell us there?
0: You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. yeah I think there 's a few mistakes folks make uh, when they start selling courses online. I think one of the mistakes is starting without a proven framework or system mm-hmm. in place first yes. um, and it 's really easy for us and and i I talk about this from my own personal perspective because i 'm a very creative person i 'm very future oriented i 'm always thinking about what 's next i 'm always wanting to create and what that does sometimes and if you're watching this or listening you're probably the same type of person because entrepreneurship takes that creativity and that futuristic point of view and what's really easy for us to do is to create within a vacuum to create something that we think is oh my god this is the best this is the best solution to the every any problem anyone's ever had for the people that I help this is going to blow their minds rock their world change their life And then you create all of this in a vacuum, it's just you on your laptop in a Google doc and you create it all and you put it out there and it's crickets. And that's an experience for a lot of people. I know the first course I launched was a total flop. It was complete crickets and it's because I created it completely in a vacuum. Because I was just thinking about what I wanted, what I thought would be best. And I didn't have a proven framework or system and I think this is why it's really and folks may disagree with me on this but I think it's really this is why it's really important that you get some one-on-one coaching yes. under your belt yes getting some one-on-one coaching experience like hands on the keyboard hands in the dirt get dirty with clients and figure out how to get them a result because that's how you prove your your framework in your system I don't think we I don't even think you have a system or framework until you've run some folks through it and you've proven it. And look, I did this for a long time. I probably did it a little bit too long. Um, I spent over two years perfecting my framework and my system. But I'll tell you, I got it down to a science. At the end of finishing out my coaching program, when I closed the doors to coaching, I don't do one-on-one coaching anymore. I don't enjoy it. It doesn't excite me. So I just don't offer it anymore. And before I closed that out and stopped taking one-on-one clients, I had it down to a science, so someone would come in, I would know exactly where they wanted to go, where they wanted to end up. And my coaching program was so specific that I had six coaching calls with six different workbooks, with six different metrics that we would meet at the end of each coaching call, six different homework assignments, six different follow, everything. It was so systematized. And that was the moment when I realized, well, I am wasting a lot of time delivering this one-on-one, I could put this into a course. I now have a framework. So spend the time doing the one-on-one work. Spend the time doing the free coaching. Spend the time getting paid $100 to do a coaching call. I, I think you got you to pay your dues a little bit there. You got to spend the time doing that. So that's the first thing is you don't have a proven framework or system yet, but you can easily create that by doing coaching and getting that system created. And then the other thing is not thinking about how you are going. And this is oh, this is a big one. Jono and I wonder if you see this too. Setting your goal for your launch or your revenue goal for your course sales without understanding that there is an audience size requirement to oh, reach that yes. revenue goal. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I think we've really glamorized the idea that you know anyone can have a six-figure launch at any time. And look, I believe that anything is possible. However, having a six-figure launch, also whatever that means, there are people out here who have six-figure launches all day long and who spent $90,000 on Facebook. Well, mm-hmm. I don't want a six-figure launch if 90% of my revenue went to generate leads. That, that's not exciting to me. Um, that's not a sexy business as I like to call it. So, like, that's not fun. But having a six-figure launch takes an audience of substantial size. All that launching something is online, it's just a math problem, that's all it is. It's just an equation of figuring out you know, registration registrants to show up to purchase and just knowing those percentages. And once you know that, you can work backwards and you can, you can solve for X pretty much and figure out how many people you need in your audience. And a lot of people are setting launch goals. I did this in the beginning. I wanted my first launch of Follower to Fan to be a $30,000 launch. And I didn't understand the audience size I would need to generate that revenue. I'm not saying that you need a huge audience because that's a mistake people make too. They think, well, I can't do it until I have a thousand followers, until I have 10,000 subscribers. That's not true. You could launch something tomorrow, but let's just be a little bit more realistic about what that is going to turn into from the audience size you have right now. So I think that's another thing. The last thing I'll say is people launch things, they spend all this time creating them and then they launch them when they could have sold the thing first and then created it afterward. Mm-hmm. I think this is another big mistake. People, This is also again creating in a vacuum where you spend all this time and tons of money. People will spend tens of thousands of dollars on recording a course, the design, the layout, the website, and then they go to sell it and no one wants to buy it. When you could have actually sold it ahead of time maybe you would have only sold 10 copies and then you just create it in real time using zoom or facebook groups or kajabi or something like that and you actually are going to be paid up front for all the time you're going to put into creating the thing that's a much smarter way to do business in my opinion that's how we've done business for the past three years we didn't start we didn't even start putting OBA together, we didn't even pay for our platform that hosts OBA until we had about 20 people that had paid us $1,000 each to become lifetime members. I was like, I want about 20 grand in my pocket before my team and I even spend the months and we, and we invest, you know, the, the thousands of dollars in design, the thousands of dollars in a platform, the, the hundreds of hours in building on a platform. I want some money in our pockets before we start doing that. And that's the way we launch things now. We don't, we don't lift a finger until we've got some money in our pockets to start building the thing first. Yes. Uh, wow.
1: Well, such good points. I, I feel like this should be an online. I feel you could sell this, this podcast as an online course, Tyler. And if someone just followed those three steps there, they'd be more successful. So I'll give that a, a quick summary there. So the first one was the proven system. And I love that because I think a lot of people want to sell an online course because it's almost like the dream. It's like the dream job. Let's be honest. You know, you, yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: you've, you've got a course, you make a sale, then you do yeah. zero work. It's the dream. However, nothing in life works like that where it's just like, okay, I haven't done the hard yards. You can't just, you know, apply for a job as the, the janitor and then the next day you're the CEO. It doesn't work like that. You know, you, you work your way up. So I love how you said the one-on-one side of things because that's where you, you build your craft. It's like, all right, cool. You know, now I'm really, really good. If I, and and I'll, I'll bring it back to fitness as well because there's so many comparisons with a personal trainer and an online course creator as well. Usually, if you're a personal trainer, you start off with training one person at a time. You don't run a boot camp with 50 people in there if you can't train one. You know, it's like, great, start with one person. Let me give this one person results. Great, now I'm really good with one person. Now let me teach a class. Let me teach, you know, 20, 30 people in there at once. Okay, great. Now I'm good at that. Now I can scale it online and do online personal training, right? Very similar in the the online course world. And the hard yards, but also like, the vacuum, you just don't know. Like you're sitting there on your computer. You think it's going to be amazing. And, you know, you, and even if you sell that course, even if you put it together and you sell it yeah. and then someone comes back and they're like, hey, John, I just, um, I don't quite fit into the course because this isn't mentioned or I didn't learn this. Then you've got to go and create the whole freaking course again, you know, but if you yeah. at least did it uh, one-on-one and you're like, hey, I've helped t- 10, 20, 30, 40, 100 people with this same problem. I know your problem better than what you do and i think that's a good indication where you know you're speaking to someone on the phone or a zoom or whatever and they're, they're telling you their problem and you know in your head what they're going to say before they say it that's when you know hey i know what you're going to say this course is perfect for you and yeah so i love how you've mentioned that there the second part is the audience now yeah, you know, i hear this a lot because you know every second facebook ad on my feed is hey get a six bigger launch you know get um Whatever it is, get to $10,000 a a month. And I use a a, a rough equation. I know it's not perfect, but there's an old equation out there where each email subscriber should generate you give or take about a dollar a month. Give or take. It's not perfect. Obviously, you can make more. Obviously, you can make less. less, But even if we use that as an indication, you know, and uh, an online course creator might be like, all right, right, you know, I want to make $5,000 on my first launch. Right. How big is your email list? 50 people. Bit of a disparity. You know, I'm not saying you can't. You yeah. know, of course you can. There's there's ways. Sure. There. Um, but just from a, a mathematical side of things, it's like, okay, hey, if you only got fifty people, but you want to make five thousand, huge disparity. Let's let's um, do something with those numbers. Let's either go and build our list a little bit or let's be a bit more realistic um, down there. Yeah. And even even if it's um I like the webinar system as well. So I use a lot mm-hmm. of webinars, right? And that's yeah. almost a site for me anyway. It's like, all right if I get 100 people register, 35% of people are going to come, pretty much bang on, right? And then of that um, 35% uh, of people that come, only about 10% of those people are going to purchase, right? So I can reverse engineer from that because I I know those numbers. But if we go to that list size again, okay, hold on. If you get 10 people registered for your webinar, okay, three people are going to come and probably none are going to buy. So, okay, let's let's reverse engineer it and, and do that math there. So I... I love how you have brought that that up there. And then the last one was the pre-sale, yes. And it's like, it's an interesting one because in some ways it's common sense, but in some ways it's the complete opposite to common sense as well. You know, it's just for some reason, we're just sort of, a lot of course creators think, okay, if I'm gonna uh, be an online course creator, the first thing I need to do is create a course. It sounds like common sense when you put it like that, but it's actually not. It's it's the complete opposite thing to do for, for many different reasons, and we've we've touched on those, and a few other podcast um, episodes have as well. But even if we just simplify it, like I'm going to bring it back to the fitness mem- fitness side of things as well. If you're going to sign up for a 12 week boot camp, you don't get the boot camp straight away there and whatever. You you pay every week for, for 12 weeks, and you go and you do your session, yada yada yada. That's essentially what you do when you do your online mm-hmm. course. It's like, hey, it's, and you may not even have to call it a course hey, I'm putting together a 12-week yeah. business boot camp. you know? Hey, I'm putting together a six-week coaching challenge, you know? And then you just record and, and go from there. And that way it's like the reason why I love that is there's a lot of talk about validation, right? How, how do you validate your course? Hey, check out your competitors, go on, you know, answer the public and, you know, whatever it may be. And that's good stuff. But my opinion, the one true way to validate it is, is someone going to give you money for it. And until someone's given you money for it, no matter what someone's, even if someone says, yeah, I will definitely sign up for that until they hand over their credit card, may not happen. So uh-huh. love those points there. Anything to add on that side of things, Tyler, or should we move on from there?
0: I just wanted to say one final thing that's really important when you are um, working one-on-one and really refining your framework or if you're going to go the pre-sell route and, and sell something before you create it is you have to have the emotional maturity and the, the thick enough skin that you can accept the feedback the confusion and the questions from your customer. I think this is where and and I'm speaking for personal experience here, but this is where a lot of people they are you're you're too you're too in love with the idea of your course or your framework or your program and you're unwilling to to let holes be poked into it. And really good frameworks, really good systems require a lot of holes to be poked into them. And I always think of examples, I think of the folks that have been doing this forever. Um, I always use Amy Porterfield as an Mm -hmm. example. She's a friend and I love what she does in her business. And I mean, over a decade, And do you know how many times she has refined and recreated her courses or even torn them apart and put them back together? And it's because if you aren't receptive to that feedback and to the questions, you're not going to create a really great product. And the goal, like you said, to create something that someone can go through start to finish you can put any person in at the beginning it's just like a machine and then they'll go through all the pieces of the puzzle and they'll be spit out at the end and they'll be like a perfect case study they'll get the result that you want and you can't create that and you sure as hell can't create something that has you know automation and systemization and that can exist without you without you in it you can't create that Unless you let the holes be poked into it and then you fill in all the holes with content with resources with templates with coaching calls with recordings with um, with tech tools with a resource vault with downloads, whatever it may be you got to fill in all those holes and then and also this takes time y'all you're this whole idea of like well i could launch a course and you know make a million dollars this year hasn't been done of course is that typical not at all okay it takes time refining the product perfecting it having the holes poked answering the questions re-recording rewriting remaking and over time your product becomes better and better and better and that means your impact is becoming greater and greater and greater you're helping more and more people get those results to have the dream body to have the dream relationship to have the dream business to have the dream home whatever it may be but that takes you being mature enough to take the feedback to take the questions it's not a personal attack on you and your character you're still worthy of love and everything you ever want in the world and at the same time your product may be crappy in the beginning and you have to be open to making it better wow
1: i love that on so many different um levels (laughs) let me piggyback off that as well so, okay, let me think. All right, Yeah, cool. So he's the, the first way I look at that is, and even if it goes back to the start, a lot of people want to wait until their course is perfect until they launch it, right? Wow. Now, I think firstly, I like the saying done is better than perfect because perfect mm-hmm. never gets done. And I don't know about you, Tyler, but I'm 35 years old and I'm not perfect at anything. So if it's taken me 35 years and I'm still not perfect, like my course will never be perfect, right? Let's get it done. Let's get it out there. Um, But let's also be open to improvement as well, because this is the way I look at that. The first time you do a course, it's not going to be perfect and you're going to have to make changes anyway. So instead of spending two years making it perfect before you launch, hey, let's get it good enough to launch. And maybe it's a little bit um, cheaper when you start off. Maybe you want to sell it for a thousand bucks. Okay, maybe your first one's a hundred bucks because it's the first time you do it and it hasn't been tested or or whatever it may be, right? And the way I look at it is even, let's say, you get, I don't know, 10 people do your course and let's say nine of them say, yep, that's perfect. And one person, uh, let's even say that one person rips it to shreds. Okay, you can do two things. You can either say, oh, that person's an idiot. I'm going to ignore that advice. Or you could be like, hold on, 10% of people that do this course are going to rip it to shreds maybe there's some little things i can do maybe i can look at that person's feedback and whatever maybe she says hey the audio isn't that good all right cool hey let me get a better microphone and then next time i do it you know i'm going to record it with this microphone um or or whatever it may be right find that little thing and then if you can fix it for the next time the the way i look at it anyway is okay my goal is to have 100 percent perfect feedback Whether that can happen or not is a a different story. But if I go into it with that attitude there, whenever I get negative feedback, I won't look at it like negative feedback. I look at, okay, if I can improve that there, then that person, not necessarily that person, but the next person that comes through with that person's same sort of um, traits, okay, they may like it better. So I love how you've you've mentioned that. A little system I use is, is the one to 10. So at the end of every course, it's essentially, hey, you know, how, um, how how would you rate the quality of this course? One being bad, 10 being amazing, right? If less than 10, what could I do to make it a 10, right? How did you rate the, the, rate the support in this course? One to 10, one being bad, 10 being um, amazing. Uh, what if less than 10, what can I do to make it a 10? The community, one to 10, what can I do to make it a 10? Now, a few things go on there. You may not get all 10 out of 10s, which is fine, but at least you're going to get feedback with specific feedback. Hey, if you did this, I would have given it a 10. Great. I'll go and do this. So the next time someone gives it a 10. So I, I love that you've, you've brought that up there. Um, all right, cool. So really good tips there in terms of starting the business. What I'd like to move on here, Tyler, is, is the grow and scale side of things. Uh, I want to be yeah. sensitive of your time. So maybe just one or two tips on, on what a course creator could do to grow it to start with. And then maybe one or two tips on, on how to scale it. What, what can you tell us there?
0: Yeah. I think from the growth side, you have to get really clear on what you want to grow. Like what is the, what is the, what is the metric that you'll be using to measure your growth? Is it purely revenue? It may not be the best metric because revenue can be really inflated and it doesn't account for expenses. Is it profit? That could be a good number that you're working on growing. And at the same time, um, the profit margin you have right now as a solopreneur, if you are a solopreneur running your business and you're probably operating at like a 75 to 80% profit margin, which by the way, y'all like doesn't happen in the real world <laughs> of business. Um, if you were trying to, if you, I want to scale to a million dollars and maintain my profit margin, that, I mean, you could do it, I assume, but like that's like, that's going to be a long and hard road. You're probably going to want to cut into your profit. You'll probably want to hire people to you know buy some of your time back from your business. So profit may not be the best number. It may be the number you want to pay attention to. Is it growing uh, the number of people you're serving? That could be it. But also growing the number of people you're serving comes along with a whole host of different headaches. You have more customer service needs. You have more people who can't log into their account. You have more cancellations and failed payments. You have more people asking questions, so then you need to hire coaches or support staff to support them in the program. So if you wanna grow, get clear on what you're growing to, why you're growing and what you're gonna to need to help you grow there. So I really like to think of the start phase. You're trying to make your first dollars online. You need to put something out into the world and start making some money in the growth phase, you want to make a living out of this. You either want to leave your full-time job or you want this to be a really good supplement to your full-time job. Also in the growth phase, we're looking at things like retiring your spouse or partner, maybe moving. Maybe you've been eyeing this house or you've been looking for a way to have that digital nomad lifestyle or van life or RV life or something like that. And you're like, you know what? We're finally going to do it. We're going to sell the house. We're going to cancel our rent. We're going to go live full-time somewhere else or we're going to move to that dream destination. Okay, great. What do you need to do to get there? And then this is also where you need to think about the lifestyle goal that people are not thinking about this enough. and This drives me nuts. Why in the hell would you leave a full time job like a lot of us do leave a full time job with benefits with health insurance with a paycheck that you know is going to come every two or four weeks. Why would you leave all of that to then go create a business that you hate, that you're working sixty and seventy hours a week, that doesn't give you freedom, that's not helping you reach your financial goals, that leaves you, you know, chained to your desk all day, answering customer support emails? Why would we ever do that? You know, I would much rather go back to the job I kind of hated because at least I knew I had a paycheck and health insurance. So that's something we need to consider. What is the lifestyle I want to create? And for some folks, having a hundred thousand dollar a year business gives you everything you need, that's it. Why would you worry about growing and scaling past that point? For other folks, you wanna have a million dollar business. I know I wanna have a multi-million dollar business because I know I can impact so many more people that way. I can have a bigger team, I can have more employees that are creating more content, that are providing more support. I wanna do that and at the same time, I know the lifestyle I wanna have. I only wanna work four days a week. I wanna take about 100 to 200 days off every single year. I wanna travel a lot. I wanna make a lot of money. And I'm like unapologetic and wanting to do that. But you have to get clear on those things in the grow phase. This is where you you get to really start asking yourself those questions. In the grow phase, we're looking at things like probably hiring some help for the first time. It could be an online business manager. It could be a virtual assistant. It could be an in-person personal assistant. So you start thinking about those questions. It's also in the grow phase that we need to come up with a plan for you to grow your audience because we can't grow our revenue. We can't increase our sales if we're not growing our audience. And one of the slowest ways to grow your audience is doing it by yourself on your own platforms. One of the fastest ways to grow your audience is by leveraging other people's platforms and working with them to amplify your message and your vision to their communities. So that's why in the grow phase, you're saying yes to everything. I did an entire year, 2018 was my year of yes. I said yes to every single podcast invitation I got. I didn't care how many followers you had, how many downloads you had. If your podcast started yesterday or started 10 years ago, yes, I would be honored to be on. When can we record? Can we do it tomorrow? Let's do it, I cannot wait. I said yes to everything. I taught in every program when someone offered, I wrote a guest blog for every person that offered. I spoke at every summit or virtual event that someone offered. You know what happened in 2018? My revenue went from $70,000 the year before to over $750,000 that year. I grew my audience dramatically. I went from about 4,000 subscribers to over 15,000 subscribers on my mailing list. I had a massive impact in my community, made a lot of money and was able to really catapult my success. And that's because I prioritized audience growth at the same time. I was always thinking of who can I say yes to, who can I pitch myself to, whose platform can I get on, where can I provide more value, where can I share tips or ideas, and where can I do that outside of my own platforms to attract attention from someone else's audience. So those are a few tips I would consider in the grow stage right there. Is that helpful? Does that make sense? That's amazing. Let me piggyback off of that a little bit there.
1: So yeah, yeah, the first thing is pick why, because, well, sorry, first thing is pick what, because I I think revenue is always the common one most people pick. All right, right. I want to make hundred thousand dollars. Grade, yeah, but okay, you're paying Kajabi 200 bucks a month and you're paying, yeah. you know, a virtual assistant uh, 300 bucks a month. And then, you know, all of a sudden, all this adds up and, and it's, you know, it's maybe revenue is not the best way to, to look at it there. And I love how you mentioned before, I saw this quote the other day where entrepreneurs are the only people that will leave a, a, a decent paying eight hour job to a lower paying 16 hour job, you know, and look, maybe there's, there's elements we might need to do that to, to starting off, but it's not going to work. It's not going to work long-term, you know, that's your long-term strategy. You're going to burn out or you're not going to have a life and it's it's not going to work there. So I love how you've said, okay, what is it? Maybe it's profit. Okay. But even there, there's some limitations there. Is it the amount of people we're serving? Is it the audience size? You know, there's, there's different things that that we wanna have there. So I think that's important. And then also the why it's like, all right, right. You know, my goal is to make, just as an example, you might say, all right, my goal is to make um, $200,000 a year in in revenue. Okay, great. But you're gonna have to work 16 16 hour days to get there maybe it's better to settle for a hundred thousand and work three days, eight hours a day, you know, sort of think of, okay, yeah. is it just the money or, or what do I want to do? And, and let's get smart about there. I love the way you've mentioned the, the help. So I'm a huge fan of virtual assistants. I think that is potentially the best investment an online course creator can make. And even if, we, even if we simplify it, right, and I'm not saying to necessarily do this, but if we simplify it, uh, virtual assistants, probably about $5, $5 an hour, US, US dollars, you could get maybe a virtual assistant starting off. And let's say we do the math in Australia. To work at McDonald's, I think minimum wage is about $20 an hour, right? So you could essentially just say, hey, instead of me going and working four hours on my business, I'm going to go and work at McDonald's for one hour and then use that money I make to get a virtual assistant to to work four hours for me. Now, I'm not saying you necessarily do that, but that's what I would encourage to think, you know, if you can reinvest whatever it may be, you know, two hours, say, um, you know, $50 a week, you know, maybe you whatever, you, you cut down on your your fun side of things and save $50 a week, that can get you 10 hours of work from a virtual assistant, which is going to springboard you forward there. And I think, and, and I'll piggyback off of that as well, where you, where you mentioned that, You can only get so far on your own. And I think there's a few ways to look at that. You mentioned it on the the audience side of things, but even there from the virtual assistant side of things, if you're trying to do everything on your own and you're working the 16-hour day, okay, hey, work 12 hours and hire a VA to do four hours and you're still getting 16 hours of work done without you having to do every hour there, that could be a mentor as well. That can shorten the curve too. If you're trying to learn all these things yourselves and the strategies, maybe it's worth investing in a in a mentor who can say, hey, here's a way to do it. It's easier. You're going to save time, save money, yada, yada, yada. But bang on with um with the audience as well. Like I think, man, to, to build it on your own, you either have to be like ridiculously good looking or you know, ridiculously amazing with, uh, with social media. Like it can be done. Of course it can. Sure. Like, let's, let's even think of it. And I'll use myself as an example here, actually. So I've got my main business fitness education online. And then this is like a, a side sort of business for me that the course created community, the next three weeks, I'm just promoting other people on my email list. I'm simply saying, Hey, you know, Anita's running a, a, um, an Instagram story program. Go and check out her webinar here, you know? The next week, hey, Brittany's running a, launching this new, um, or she, she's running a webinar helping uh, course creators with their mindset when they're launching. Go and attend this webinar here, you know. Hey, Noah Noah's a, a video expert. He's running a free workshop on, you know, how to make your, your videos look better. That's all I'm focusing on here because I know that's going to come back. You know, it's like, because mm-hmm. and I'm not, not affiliating for that. It's not like, hey, you know, if, I, if you make any money, give it to me. It's more like, hey, I'm going to help you out of the goodness of my heart if you want to do the same, great. Do the same because that's more valuable for me. You know, build, building this list, mm-hmm. an audience is way more valuable than a few dollars I would make on on the commission. So I love that you've mentioned it there. Um, scale, Tyler. What can you tell us about scale? Maybe one tip there.
0: Yeah. Oh my. Well, <laughs> it feels really real for me right. A little bit raw right now because that's the stage that we are in. Um, the scale phase. What I'm learning. We've been in this phase for. I would say about 18 months now. Um, This is the phase where you have to get out of the way. Mm -hmm. Um, You as the founder, as the creator of your company, and this is also where you have to shift the mindset. You're no longer a course creator, you're a CEO. Um, You no longer just run an online course, you're running a digital company. Um, In the scale stage, we're talking about having employees, having team, having savings, looking at where we're putting our money, managing operating expenses, probably reducing your profit to a certain extent so you can scale even more quickly, spending thousands if not tens of thousands of dollars on paid traffic on a monthly basis. That's what we're talking about in the scale stage. And you will be the biggest bottleneck in this stage of your business. Um, Everything that you do right now to run your business probably needs to become someone else's responsibility. And You have to understand that your ideas aren't, this is where that emotional maturity comes into play again. Uh, Your ideas aren't nearly as good as you think they are. Mm -hmm. Your solutions to every problem aren't the best solution to every problem. And you can pay people that are a heck of a lot more smarter than you to figure things out and to run things on your behalf. Your job is to simply be the source of information, inspiration and innovation for the company. You need space to do that. You need to be creative. You need time to think you need time to create and to um, breathe life into the vision of what you're creating. You need to spend your time living in the fully realized vision of the thing you're working to create and then work from that fully realized vision backwards to figure out, okay, what do we need to do next to get to the vision that I'm living in on a daily basis. When you're answering customer support emails, responding to DMs, scheduling podcast interviews, any of those things, you're not going to have the time or space to do that. Even answering questions in your course community, probably not the best use of your time either. So there's a lot of things, a lot of areas where you have to get out of the way. You have to set your ego aside. You have to allow other people to serve to really shine at what they are best at. And you got to sit in that CEO chair and stay there most of the time. And it's freaking hard. Y'all, it's hard. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like, <laughs> it is hard but oh my god is it worth it it's so incredibly worth it i promise you
1: yes so agree there and um yeah so that, that's the stage um yeah. I'm, I'm at as well on, on the fitness education online side of things so i love that you have brought that up most people watching this probably aren't at that level yet which is cool so i think that yeah. if i was to give an overview of that It's like, right, maybe just have a a piece. What I use anyway is just a piece of paper on my wall, which is like, all right, here's the dream. You know, he's the CEO, he's the manager, he's the marketing stuff, the sales stuff, the delivery stuff, the admin stuff. And okay, cool. What's the the first hire? Maybe once I get to X amount of dollars, you know, what's the first hire I'm going to make? Bang, let me bring him in there. That frees up my time, right? When's the next one? Bang, there. Yada, yada, yada. So, hey, Tyler, I want to be sensitive of your time. There's yeah. a few questions I like to um, always finish up with. So oh, I'll ask yes. questions and I'll, I'll let you get to your night over there in North Carolina. Since this is a podcast for online course creators, I always ask the question of what your favourite platform is. You've dropped one name um, a couple of times throughout the podcast, so I'm guessing it, yeah. it may be that. But, you know, are you a Teachable fan, a Kajabi fan, a Thinkific fan? What's your, your platform of choice?
0: Yeah, it's interesting because we we use two platforms in our business. Um, we're big Kajabi fans over here. I love what they do for the online business space. I love that they... Um, just have so much knowledge about what it takes to run an online business. Uh, So that's what we run our follower to fan society on. And then we actually just moved to Kajabi earlier this year, uh, which was a really fun process. And then on the online business association side, we wanted to do something a little bit different because for OBA, we don't use Facebook as a community. We have our own private community off of Facebook. That was really important to us. So we actually use Mighty Networks for that. Mm. And we're big fans of Mighty Networks. If you want to create a fully immersive, private community, social media site feel. um, Mighty Networks is a great platform. So we we really love both.
1: Yes, I'm here. I haven't used Mighty Networks, but I'm hearing it a lot with a lot of the guests, hearing some murmurs. So I might have to check that out. Um, Next question, Tyler, is around mentors. So you're obviously a mentor to so many people out there. Uh, Do you want to give any of your mentors a shout out, whether it's a mentor that you've worked with directly and you've done their program, and you're like, hey, this program's good, or whether it's someone you follow on social media that you're like, hey, if you're an online course space, you better follow this person here. What can you tell us about uh, mentors?
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the people who I attribute so much of my success to her and um, helping me grow really quickly is Caitlin Batcher. Yes. Um, and I've seen your a big... on her website, actually. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Caitlin. I'm a big fan of her no nonsense approach to teaching and coaching. I'm also a big fan of the fact that anytime she posts something on Instagram or someone from her team posts content, I feel personally attacked by it and I get mad at her and she (laughs) knows that. I'm like, I'm always mad at you because I feel like you're calling me on it every single post because it's so perfect. It's perfectly timed. Um, So I love Caitlin Batcher. Someone else I love to follow, and I've I've met her and I I would consider her a friend, but I just love everything she creates is Brittany Berger. Um, She has a company online called Work Brighter. So I encourage you to check out the Work Brighter Instagram account. Brittany talks a lot about how to run a business from a place of uh, rest and how to work brighter instead of always trying to work harder or work smarter. Um, she really speaks to folks that are navigating business with chronic illness or disabilities or or just not wanting to like spend all day every day on their, on their devices or staring at their screen. So I learn a lot from what she creates as well.
1: Awesome. Good tips there. Last question is books, Tyler. Is there a book or a couple of books that you've read that has changed your um, perspective in the online course or marketing or business space or any books that you recommend
0: any course creators are like must reads for them? For sure. Essentialism is my number one by Craig McCowan. Love that book. Um, changed my life, honestly. Uh, and it's so important for business owners because one thing we didn't get to talk about is the importance of focusing and honing in on one thing. Mm -hmm. I sold the same thing for nearly three years before I, I took one thing to a million dollars and beyond before I ever created anything else. And I think that's one of the secrets to success for online businesses. So essentialism is a good one. You are a badass at making money by Jen Sanchiro, another really good one and a really great way to approach all the mindset drama you have about money. Um, In a really fun way. So I love that. And then if you're feeling frisky and you want to read something that's a little bit heavier, that's more of a technical kind of book, um, but you want to learn how to structure your business, you got to read Traction. And it's like a textbook. Um, It's going to take you a while to get through it. You probably don't need it yet, but Traction is going to teach you the complete system You've probably heard the visionary integrator concept. You've probably heard the accountability chart concept. A lot of things you may use in your business, like your scorecard or your accountability chart or or your IDS system or your monthly, your weekly huddle system, all of that comes from traction. So if you want to learn the entrepreneur operating system, EOS is what they call it. It's all inside of traction. And we follow that book to the T in our business. Awesome.
1: Love it. Awesome tips. Well, hey, Tyler, um, someone's watching this. They're like, all right, this guy's cool. I like what he's about. You know, I want to um, uh, follow him more. What should we do? Should we listen to your podcast, follow you on Instagram, just go and sign up at OBA straight
0: away? What's, what's yeah. the best thing we should do? All yeah, so I'll uh, give you. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say all of the above. What yeah, we I, all of them. I think that's right. Yeah. So number one, find me on Instagram at Tyler J McCall. I'd love to connect with you over there. I'm in my DMs, or someone from my team is in my DMs all the time. So we'd love to chat with you over there. Um, the Online Business Show podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms. We release new episodes every week, all about how to start, grow, and scale your online business, and featuring expert guests, how-to segments, and we go behind the business with some of the most successful online business owners and talk about how they got to where they are now. And then you can go to join. Join OBA.com to learn more about the Online Business Association and join us now. The doors are always open. They never close. So you can come check us out and be a part of this new community.
1: Awesome. Well, hey,
0: Tyler, that's all I uh,
1: wanted to get through today. Is, is there anything I should have asked you but didn't or anything I forgot or anything you want to finish us off with?
0: I don't think so. I think we covered a lot. I talked... I talked a lot, which I have a tendency to do. So (laughs) thanks for letting me talk. Thanks for listening.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Thank you for your time, Tyler.
0: Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for more free resources on how to sell more of your online courses.